You've made it to episode 309 of the 200 Churches podcast. God has made our church unique. We have a unique gift mix in our congregation. We're living in a specific area that has specific needs. So we have this vision statement that keeps us on track. But from that point on, all of our programming needs to somehow reinforce the vision statement of the church. And so any good idea that comes to it, sometimes the good ideas are rejected, not because they're bad ideas, but because it doesn't fit into what our vision statement is. Welcome to the 200 Churches Podcast. We're passionate about providing ministry encouragement to pastors of small churches. We release a brand new episode every Wednesday to do just that for you, all of our small church pastor friends. Now here are two guys who are definitely better together, friends, pastors, and podcast partners, Jeff and Johnny. This is the 200 Churches Podcast. My name is Johnny Craig, and I am here in the opulent and luxurious 200 Churches Sound Studio with the man, the myth, the legend. Dave Jacobs yep. over there, and then me, Jeff Cady. <laughs> Hi, that's me. <laughs> but now, now they're really confused. We, are. Uh, we are, this is the second episode that people will be hearing now uh, of this little visit that we got to have with Dave Jacobs. Dave, you were in uh, Michigan for a conference and you honored us with your presence here in Des Moines. I know. So here we are sitting around a conference table at the Bridge Campus where I am a pastor. We've never done this before as far as being, I mean, with me, with you guys face to face. I know. This is the first time I've ever seen your lovely face. I know. I've seen pictures. Yeah. And uh, but I haven't seen actually been here with you and we had lunch together and there's nothing quite up. like the personal connection. There really is. We I shared feel, things that we couldn't have shared via Skype. That is really true. And yeah. I feel so much closer to you <laughs> now. You now have uh you now have things you could use against me later. That's right. You're like the son I never had. <laughs> and and the son I never wanted. <laughs> <laughs> Well, speaking oh, of man. use against you, this is my audio recorder over here, and I've got some recording on here that we've, we've got all sorts of content. N- never see the oh light of day for a nine ninety five a month. You can subscribe to two hundred churches after dark. After and dark, you can uh, get clips, all that content in five second clips. <laughs> Johnny said it. We came back from lunch. He said he's going to literally explode. I am. Um, he had a lot to eat. It was a lot. He of really did. Wings. There was like two pages, uh, two plates full. There were of two stuff. plates, two full plates. Right. Yeah. Is there tryptophan in chicken, or is that just turkey? Uh, I don't know. I'm Hopefully that, not in chicken too. I'm eating that post uh, Thanksgiving kind of sleepiness going on now. <laughs> Well, I tried to tell Johnny, I said, you know, when I started out in the ministry, I was nice and slim like you are, too. You know, be careful. And uh, you know, he'll find out. This will catch up with him in time. I mean, I'm only like 65 pounds heavier than I was when I started out in ministry. Not that much. It's oh. not that bad. This well, is what I could look worse. forward to. That, yeah, that's right. <laughs> this is where you end up. Look at the two of us. This is your future. You both have pretty decent hair still. If I'm going to yeah. be honest, that's more important to me no. and my vanity than yeah, my but weight mine's, is. Mine's all silver now. In fact, it's like a silver fox. That's well, a good thing. Well, there you go. Okay, I like that. I received that. <laughs> um, but I was telling, uh, when I was speaking at Jeff's church the other day, we were talking about rema- uh, churches, their need to be culturally relevant. And I told him how when we planted our first church in the early 80s in Southern California, man, we were relevant. You know, I was thinner, my hair was longer, it was darker, and Lord Jesus, you know, forgive me, I had a black earring. I had this beautiful black stud earring, and I only have like one picture of me back in those days. With the earring. Right, and I keep it under lock and key. Nobody can believe 
that it's me. And so we'll, I, we'll get a copy of it and post we'll it a, on the yeah, small oh church pastor Don't Facebook talk to my group. wife because she'd she'd say, "Fine, here it is," and she'd say, "Give it to us." Just I'm that afraid easy. she would. Yeah, I'm afraid afraid she would. Well, Dave, it's good to have you live on the podcast. So much better than talking over Skype. And you've got. Uh, a lesson that you've worked on with a couple different churches and groups yeah. talking about vision. And uh, we were having a conversation here uh, pre-recording about vision and mission uh, and strategy and muckety-muck and all that fun stuff that none of us, has, pa- especially as small church pastors, we just my, my vision was often get through the week. Just get through the That's week. Right. Get That's right. Get through Sunday. Goal. My goal in yeah. life, yeah. Get through Sunday. But, Dave, take it away here. Tell you what, how about if we start by defining what we mean by the mission of the church, yeah. and then we can identify more what we're talking about with uh, vision. Well, the mission of the church is, is, is why we're here. It's what we're to do. Okay. It's why God has placed us here. You know, I, I think, of a, I think of, a, of a military group you know, that gets dropped out of a plane, right. and they land in a certain area. They, they have a mission that they have to accomplish. What is that mission? Yeah. Usually, you know, it's to break things and kill people, but we don't want to do that. But that's usually, they know what their mission is, and they're, they can't be successful if they don't know what their mission is, or if there's eight elite forces and each one of them thinks it's a different thing. Okay. So, does your church have a mission statement? I bet it does. You know, we do, and we're just in transition. What you is know, it currently? The, the, missions, the, the mission right now is to love, grow, serve. Love, grow, serve. Love, grow, serve. Is, and, you know, that's the tagline uh, you know, whether it's the mission, the vision, the tagline, the motto, I don't know. But that's that's what it's been for years is love, grow, serve. You know, they say a great mission statement can be adequately put on a business card. Okay. You know, that if you have too many words to a mission statement to fit on a business card or the outdoor sign of your church, then your mission statement is too wordy. What about your church, Johnny? Do you well, guys well have let a... me give the updated that oh, we're yeah. moving to. is is it's This is novel. Okay. Love God, love others, make disciples. Okay. Six words. Right. That fits on the It's very card. unique. Yeah, it does. That'll fit. <laughs> well, and I think it, it unpacks the original mission statement a lot better. I think it's a lot more clear. Well, and know. to me, it's like, I mean, that's, that's why we exist, right? We exist to make disciples, but we exist to love God and love others. Okay. So it's a kind of a, a little phrase that encapsulates what you guys understand the mission of your church is. Right. Okay. Johnny, you guys have one? Ours is very similar to what Jeff said. Connect, grow, serve. So instead of love, it's connect. Connect, grow, serve. Okay. Three words. I think that's why I get tripped up. It seems like too short, too small, too... I need more words, Dave. Well, and I'm it's, one of these long-winded preachers. Be, it also needs to be something that's easy for people to memorize. Right. You know, I mean, I think uh, if somebody comes up to a regular member of our church and says, so, you know, what's the purpose of your church? Which, of course... An unchurched person is never going to ask a church person that. You know, they, they, they're just not going to ask that kind of question. But we should be able to say we exist to and, you know, lift, list that off real, you know, quickly. So the difference between uh, – there's a difference between a mission statement and a, a vision statement or vision. Um, and I think the easiest way of understanding vision is, you know, where are we going as a church? What are we aiming at as a church? Um, you know, what is our, you know, our purpose in a more specific way? It's, it's broader than just the mission statement. And so, you know, a church could have, you know, 
uh, four or five things that they would say, this is our vision statement. Some churches even substitute the word values for vision, and so mm-hmm. they wouldn't say they have a vision statement. They'd say they have a value statement. But I think when all is said and done, no matter how we uh, uh, describe it, the, the vision statement is the desired place we want to go. Okay. We're aiming for this, or we're aiming for these five things, or we're shooting at uh, these you know, six targets and yeah. things, and that that is our, you know, our vision. Does your church, uh, Jeff, have like a vision statement or a value statement beyond the mission statement? Yeah, we actually came up with a four-paragraph vision statement. Okay. They're, actually, they're actually short paragraphs, but it involves— One paragraph for each— Vision. Yeah, for each okay. well, for each for each area, it involves reaching people in our community, bringing them into the church to grow in their in their spiritual life, and then another one is about um, becoming a healing place okay. uh, within our community of believers. Another one is to uh, expand our reach uh, that involves missions and church planting, and another one is involved in mobilizing. Uh, disciples at our church to make an impact in our community. So the mobilize paragraph is about making an impact locally, and that expand our reach is about making an impact on a, on a larger scale. Right. And so that's something that you and your leaders can point to and say, this is where we're going. This is what we're going to try to focus on, correct? Yeah, exactly. In that first paragraph, I can't think of it off the top of my head. To, to create welcoming and captivating environments for kids and their parents uh, in which they can come in and, and hear about the message of the gospel where we're going to aim to see 250 new families come to Christ uh, in the next five years. Okay, great. So there's, there's a number involved, which is kind of a huge number for our context, but I, I tell people, okay, so 250, we're going to impact 250 new families. What if we only hit 87 new families? Right. Will we be disappointed? I don't think so. Right. You know, or 114 or 200. But, but I think it's doable. I think, but it's doable when people look at it, they get captivated by the vision. Oh, yeah, what if, and I'm always talking about the people out there in their living rooms around the community without hope, without purpose, without right. Christ, without so much in life that we all have. So you begin yeah. to, you know, you begin to share that picture of what that looks like and then people can get excited about the vision. Right. That's so good. Johnny, what about you guys? At your place do you have something that resembles a vision statement? Yeah, I'm not sure of the exact verbiage around it, but what we talk about is our focus on kids and students and our neighborhood. Okay. And so that becomes kind of the lens that we think about all of our ministry decisions through is, is this reaching kids and students and is this impacting our neighborhoods? Okay. And so we would define neighborhood kind of as like a mile uh, circle around our t- two campuses. And uh, those circles just barely touch each other because <laughs> right. that's how far apart we are. And so uh, that's kind of the way we define things and think about things is in terms of kids, 
students and neighborhoods. Okay. Yeah. And that's kind of uh, like the roadmap that you're driving on. This is what yeah. we're shooting, uh, aiming at, uh, and you know, trying to, to focus on. I think those are all good uh, ideas of what a vision statement uh, you know, looks like. And I'm in, you know, most churches have a mission statement. Fewer churches have a mission statement and a values or a vision statement. I think that this um, is one reason why some churches just kind of flounder a little bit with, like, focus and, and attention. And, you know, if you don't have, like, a values or a vision statement, you know, how do you know if you're succeeding or sure. failing? Yeah. If it's all fuzzy and vague and, well, we just exist to reach people for Jesus, you know, okay, well, that's, that's okay. But I think sometimes we, we need a greater focus than that uh, so that when we're evaluating, you know, how are we doing as a church— we have some some criteria to say, you know, how are we doing at reaching new people right. or making disciples and things like that? And uh, so the whole like, the, the interesting thing about vision is that uh, a church left to itself tends to cool off in regards to its vision or even its mission as far as that goes. A church left to itself will tend to drift away from its vision statement rather than naturally drifting into it. What happens here then is that the vision of the church um, begins to um, fade, uh, begins to get sidetracked, and then sometimes just really just fails to gain traction. And a lot of pastors want to talk about the whole idea of, you know, how do I, uh, you know, how do I keep my vision in front of the people? How do we keep it from, you know, failing or leaking? And I think these are some of the things that we want to talk about today. How to have a vision statement, maybe, that works or that, you know, succeeds. And uh, so I've come up with about five different things, actually, yeah, five different things here on how to have a vision statement that, um, that works. Uh, and the first thing that we can talk about is multiple vision. What comes to your mind when you hear me say uh, multiple vision? Well, my age, Dave, I'm thinking of my eyesight, but, yes. <laughs> but no, I hear what you mean. You know, if, if you don't have a vision for your church, other people will yeah, have that's it, good. and they often will have their own vision, and if you've got more than a couple people in your church, you're going to have more than a couple visions. Yeah, and I think about a situation where you, you don't have a clear sense of who gets to set the vision. Okay. And and uh, and different churches, different denominations might do this differently. They do it differently, yeah. And so I'm not going to say, like, the pastor always has to set the vision. But if you're listening and you're in a church where, you know, you're supposed to set the vision, but you have maybe a board member who has strong opinions or uh, the biggest donor in the church who has strong right. opinions, mm, right. and suddenly their visions don't really match up with your vision, I mean, that is going to create multiple visions in some pretty significant ways. How do we feel about the whole idea of the pastor being the primary person to set the vision of the church versus a team effort or something like that? Well, my personal opinion is if you're the pastor who sets the primary vision, you're probably going to be the type of a pastor who's a strong, dominant leader who makes the decisions, who pushes things forward, and then some, and things will happen. You'll have progress. The church maybe will grow or be effective for a while. But then when that pastor leaves, that vision leaves with him okay. or her. And the church just kind of slides back to wherever it was when they were there. So I think the vision has to be shared. It has to be shared yeah. amongst 
a, a plurality of leaders in the church. There has to be input, not from everybody and not at every level, but it has to be, I think, those who are serving in leadership and those who are serving in ministry uh, should have some input into the vision. I don't think anything over 10 people, though, it just gets unwieldy. Yeah. So I'm not talking about 100 people if you have a 100-person church, but anywhere between 5 and 10 people ought to have input in that, and it should be shared at the at a grassroots level as much as possible. I think sometimes it can work you know both ways where the the pastor you know can come up with this is the this is the vision statement and then include the leadership team get them on board about that and and working out some of the details of it and it can work the other way too where the pastor sits down with their leaders and says what do we feel the lord is is developing with us what is our unique vision statement or even a, a mission statement not too long ago i had a pastor i was beginning to work with and when one of the first things that he wanted to talk with me about was am i the one who sets the vision for the church or is it my leaders and we went back and forth on that for a while he came to the conclusion that he wanted to work with his leaders on developing a vision statement yeah. and it worked for him and um you know that takes a lot more work but i wonder if in the long haul it's uh it's more solid in things because sure. you're just not the one that's you know dreaming this up but it's definitely a problem that probably many of our listeners have run into where you have multiple ideas of what the purpose of the church is, multiple ideas of what we should be focusing on. And it's that's hard to move a church forward with multiple vision. And perhaps that's one explanation why some vision uh, in a church fails to gain, uh, to gain traction because of multiple you know, visions. So we need to get everybody on the same page if at all possible, and that's not an easy thing to do. I think, and I know we're going to go to the second one here in a second, but I, as you were talking, it occurred to me, I think the older your church, as in the more established and the more years you've been around, okay. the more visions you'll have. Because 10 years ago, you had a great bus ministry, and we should start that bus ministry okay. back up. Yeah. And 20 years ago, do you remember when we were doing Easter musicals? Right, Those right. were great you remember those Easter musicals? Yeah, yeah. 30 years ago, the choir was bumping yeah. up in this place. <laughs> they weren't musicals, Johnny. They were cantatas. They were cantatas. Yeah. Yes. yes. Anyway, so you're, and those were, are now all competing visions. And you, the pastor, and, and your leadership team might think, uh, yeah, well, that's great. Also, like, none of those things are relevant in 2018. No right. offense to anybody who's doing those things. Um, you might think that. Right. And you now have to compete with a multiplicity of visions. And the older your church is, the more iterations it's been through, the more visions you've got laying around. And when you talk about, Johnny, the older your church is, are you also talking about um, the age of the people that dominate, you know, the your, It could be part church. of it, too. Okay, I, so. t- I try not to be too mean to the older folks. Jeff Jeff tells me that I, uh, I'm bent that way, so I try to be nicer. Yeah. Uh, but th- I think that can be a part of it as well. If you, If everybody, if the vast majority of people in your church are up in their 60s and 70s, the vision for the church is going to be so different right. than people in their 20s and 30s. Right. So one of the reasons why vision uh, falters is because of multiple vision. It's a challenge to get everybody on the same uh, page and agree what the vision you know should be. The second thing that uh, that I realize is that if you, as the leader of the church, if you don't see the vision clearly, you know how can you expect 
others too. You just ask most uh, pastors, they might be able to uh, repeat to you what their mission statement is, because typically mission statements are short, they're easy to memorize. But when you talk to them about the vision of your church, you know, what are the five main things you're aiming at or the eight things you're shooting for as a church that you're going to focus on? Most pastors, they can't articulate that. Yeah. And they should be able to. I mean, even if it's eight things, if you've really thought it through, the pastor needs to be able to say, this is our vision statement. These are the five points of our vision statement. They see it clearly. And every once in a while, even the pastors themselves uh, don't see clearly where they want to take the church, other than broad strokes, generally speaking, I want to teach the Word and create disciples. And, you know, we'd all say yes and amen to that. But when you start breaking it down to more specifics, a lot of pastors can't do that. There's a lot of work to that, though. There is. There's a lot of work. Yeah. And even if you're, even if you're going to be the sole arbiter of the vision— then it's a lot of work for you. You got to do it on your own, and you're the one that's got to carry that. But you get, like you got to define it before you can carry it. You're right. You got to define it. And there's a lot of work. Like you know, I could ask somebody, hey, you know, what's the vision of your church? Oh, the vision of our church is to uh, reach, lead, and feed. Okay. Okay. Well, what does that mean? Well, we're gonna reach people for Jesus, and we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna lead them to Jesus, and then we're gonna feed them. Uh, you know, to grow them. Right. Okay, well, what do you mean by reach people for Jesus? Well, you know, we're going to bring people to the gospel. Well, isn't that the same as leading people right. to Jesus? Oh, well, well, you know what I mean. Right. So if right. you ever hear a pastor say, well, you know what I mean, yeah. you know that he doesn't or she doesn't even know what they mean. Because, and the reason why we don't do this, we cling to our Bible. Okay. This is the Word of God. Right. I'm preaching this. Uh, I don't have the time to try to figure out what, I mean, the mission is to reach people, right? That's our mission. Okay. But, but how are you going to do it? The, even the, how are you going to do it? Which could speak to strategy that goes back to vision. Yes. Well, here's how we're going to do it. Like we're going to, we're, we, one of the four things we decided to do, we're going to create captivating and welcoming environments. Well, that means something. Yes. You could go into every area of the church and say, is this a captivating and welcoming environment? That's what we said we were going to do. We could do a thousand other things, but we said we were going to do this. And do we mean to do this or not? And there's there's focus on that. So it's a lot of work, Dave. It's It took us days, days right. to, to to work this out with a lot of people at the table. And most churches aren't, aren't really, they just don't want to do that. I've actually run into some pastors that think, you know, all this kind of talk about a mission statement, a value statement, that uh, it's so unnecessary. It's just the the business model, and we're right. not a business, and secular companies, they have these things, and, and that has crept into the church. And so they, you know, they just say, we, we don't need all this kind of stuff. And um, I think I would say to that is, okay, if, if you don't have a, a mission statement or a value statement— that articulates what's important to you and helps you stay on track. What do you have that articulates to people and to your leaders and to your church what you're all about and what direction are you headed? And to just um, make it simplistic to the point where, well, all we need is the Bible and all we need is to teach from the Bible, um, you know, I think is over the long haul, it's not really 
helpful. It's not, you know, practical. So just because, uh, you know, biz- the business world has mission statements, that they have values, that they have, you know, th- they break things down like this, that doesn't mean there's something we can't learn from it and that would be helpful in a church setting. When you have a church that just is lacking focus and lacking direction and just kind of is existing, but nobody knows you know, how we're doing, Yeah, you know, that is oftentimes a reflection on either their lack of a mission statement or their lack of a values or a vision statement. And that uh, usually then the pastor, him or herself, uh, is lacking clarity uh, on that. So if you don't see the vision of your church, the purpose of your church, the values of your church, uh, clearly you can't expect anybody, you know, else to. The third thing here on uh, explaining why sometimes vision fails to gain traction is uh, if you can't, you know, articulate the vision clearly and simply, you might say, you know, it might be totally clear in your mind what the mission of your church is, what we should be aiming at, but how are you doing with articulating it, you know, to the to people, to assume that your people uh, understand, you know, your mission statement or even have any concept of the church is supposed to be here on earth to accomplish certain things. It makes me wonder, do most churchgoers even think that way, or is right. that something that only pastors think of? Yeah, that's always a big question for me, is how does this leak out into the congregation? How does the vision, does it happen overtly? Do we stand up and with a PowerPoint and say, like, here are the four things that we're about, and then how often do we have to say that? Right. Like, how often do you have to actually get up and say that in order for it to sink in and become part of the culture? Um, and obviously, yeah, like you're saying, Dave, you have to be able to articulate it clearly and simply first. Um, but then how do you get that into the hands of other people? You know, I think about this uh, idea that vision leaks. And recently I've thought, uh, I, I view it like this, that, that vision is the fuel that runs your congregation. And you can fuel up your congregation and that will last them for a couple of weeks, maybe a couple of months. But then they need they need they run out of fuel. You gotta you gotta fill the tank again. And it's with what? It's with vision. Yeah. You have to remind them where are we going? What you know, why are we doing this? What do we hope to accomplish? And so that vision is the fuel that gets your congregation moving and they'll burn the fuel over time. Yeah, they it, do. It, hopefully it's not just leaking, it's actually being burned. It's being used to propel the, the, the vision and mission of your church forward, but you have to keep refilling it or, or the, you know, they run out. They literally, a church will run out of gas on the side of the road. They're not going anywhere. I'm going to sound really intelligent here, but, uh, you know, the second law of thermodynamics Ooh, states that, wow. isn't that impressive? The second law of thermodynamics states that uh, any object um, set in motion will slow down unless it's continuously propelled. So like a, uh, if you roll a ball across the room, it's going to eventually stop rolling. You light a fire, it's going to eventually uh, burn out. This is the second law of thermodynamics. It also comes to play uh, when we're talking about the vision of a church. Um, it will cool off. And, you know, Johnny, you said a couple uh, moments ago, you know, how often do we have to keep, you know, talking about yeah. the, the mission or the vision of the church? And I would say, 
you you got to keep doing it all the time. Not like every sermon has to be, you know, that. But every time when you're preaching, that it naturally lends itself to you pointing out how this passage of Scripture reinforces one of our values, you do it. I think it's helpful for maybe a few times, a couple times a year, where you actually maybe teach a, a series through yeah. the values of your church. Or some churches reinforce the values of their church in new members classes or something equivalent to helping people uh, get plugged into the church where they have an opportunity to say to the, to the people, this is what we're about, this is where we're going, maybe even put a handout uh, into their hands so that everybody is clear on this. But it's got to start out by being clear uh, and being able to articulate it clearly. Uh, pastors are notorious for saying things that's clear in their brain, but when it comes <laughs> out, it's not clear to anybody else, you know. Oh man, guilty. Guilty as charged. If you just re-listen to any sermon that you've ever preached, you'll hear that. I right. hear that if I re-listen to a sermon, I think, oh man, I should unpack that. That's right. Like, I knew all the implications when I said that, but like, as just a listener, if somebody doesn't unpack that... Yeah, so I know exactly what you're talking about. And you talked about, Davis, you're preaching through a passage. When you come upon something that speaks to your vision, then then you elucidate it. Ooh, elucidate. Right? You, you bring it out and you, you explain it and you lay it. But if you don't know the vision or can't articulate it, you know, if you can't articulate it, you don't know it. Right. If you don't have a vision, you, you're never able to take advantage of where the Scripture is speaking to that. Yeah. And it's just, you, you don't even get started. I read a, uh, found a great quote from Albert Einstein who said, if you can't describe something in a simple way, you don't really understand the thing you're trying to describe. Uh, and it makes me think that until you can articulate your vision well enough for a fifth grader to grasp, you'd better hold off until you've been able to develop a way of uh, explaining that. So one reason why a vision uh, statement can fail to gain traction is that you can't articulate it clearly. Uh, The next thing here is that you haven't achieved buy-in with it. Uh, What we mean there is just simply uh, it's probably taken you a long time or maybe even your leadership team a long time to develop a mission statement or to develop a vision statement. And yet, you know, you throw it out there and expect everybody to grasp it, you know, from day one. Uh, And this is another thing that we as pastors, um, you know, uh, need improvement in. You know, we'll be thinking about something for a long time, maybe some area of change in the church, and then we'll present the need and we're met with blank stares and we get all discouraged and we think all these people, you know, they're stiff necked, they're closed to change, (laughs) all this kind of stuff. When the problem was, we just didn't give them enough time to digest it and to think about it and to talk about it and maybe debate about it and gain buy-in, you know, but we just want him to say, yes, pastor, you're awesome. We will follow you anywhere. And uh, all of our listeners know that that's almost never the case uh, with the people and the leaders in our church. So that's one explanation for a vision uh, kind of failing or leaking that we haven't achieved, you know, uh, a buy-in for that. And you know what, Dave, our people, so many of them will gladly sit and listen to a message where you don't articulate the vision, 
where you talk about reaching people and you talk about growing the church and you talk about making a kingdom impact and reaching your world and making a difference and, you know, kicking a dent in the, you know, the devil's work, all this stuff. And these are all like, you know, these hot phrases and great little quotes. Right, right. And And they'll come week after endless week and listen to you preach without ever really getting down anything specific that that the church is actually going to do or they actually have to be involved in. Right. And, and, and you, we've kind of lulled our people to sleep for a while. And a vision wakes them up yes. and ma- forces them to take notice and then forces them to decide, am I behind this vision or am I not behind this vision? And a really, really good vision usually results in at least a few people leaving your church. But yeah. then after that, it results in a lot more people perhaps either coming to your church or simply being impacted by your church. Right, right. And, you know, in the long run, it makes the mission of the church easier because it is true. Initially, if you don't have like a mission statement or if you don't have a vision statement, it's a lot of work to develop one if you're going to do it well, if you're going to get buy-in for it. Um, But then once you get past that, um, it just it makes leading a lot easier which kind of leads to the the fifth point on how to ensure that your vision doesn't fail. And what I've seen is when there is a failure to program around the vision, then this can result in a vision losing steam, losing heat, and failing. And what I mean by that is if you uh, imagine uh, if you have a, a vision statement, and let's say there's five or six things on your vision statement, this is what we're about, this is what we're aiming at, this is our, you know, this is what is driving us, then really everything that we do in the church, how we spend our money, use our resources, our talents, um, has to, you know, fit somewhere in that list of a, of a vision statement. Um, we've all had those people that come and join our church and they've got great ideas. You know, you should, you know, spend more time doing this or that, you know, and, and, you know, the thing is that we can't do everything that everybody should or could do. You know, God has made our church unique. We have a unique gift mix in our congregation. We're living in a, a specific area that has specific needs. So we have this vision statement that keeps us on track, but from that point on, uh, all of our programming needs to somehow reinforce the the vision statement of the church. And so any good idea that comes to it, sometimes the good ideas are rejected, not because they're bad ideas, but because it doesn't fit into what our vision statement is. So if, if you could uh, imagine, you know, two lists up on a wall, you know, one, you know, one list is your vision statement, and the other lists are all these kind of great ideas or current programs that we have going in on our church. And what we say is that, you know, we have this program because of that part of our vision statement. Everything is justified by that. And so we have a focus in on our resources to reinforce the visions, uh, vision statement of the church. Yeah, and the vision statements help us call out the extraneous activity in the church that we really don't need. The yeah. things that are, as Stanley calls it, sideways energy. You know, we're, we're running along the yard line, but we're never gaining any yardage. Right. But we're running. We're running fast and far, you know, <laughs> right. trying to get away from somebody who's chasing us and wants to tackle us. So the vision statement helps us to align our ministries to actually accomplish. And you have to ask the question. The, the vision statement answers the question, 
where do we want to go? Yes. And then when you're looking at a program, you say, does this program take us to where our vision says we need to go? Right, right. And if it doesn't, well, then either change the program or stop doing the program or just redirect, you know, redirect your energies in another direction. Right. That'll actually get you down the field. Over time, a church kind of just takes on things from their past and they don't, they're not even aware. It's like, you know, gaining weight, you know, you never wake up one day and all of a sudden you're 25 pounds overweight. It happens gradually. And the same thing happens with a church that over the years, and especially like an older congregation, that they have taken things on over the years. And at some point, those things no longer uh, relate to what the, the new vision of the church is. And so you're exactly right, Jeff. Some things just need to be abandoned, and then some things maybe just need to be tweaked a little bit and that they'll, they'll fit in, you know, to things. But the lack of programming is something that I—programming uh, around vision is one of the things that I, I see a lot of churches get weak in. I think that's a scary one, honestly, because it will involve cutting. Because okay. it's not—I mean, if you're a church plant, that's cool, because now you get to pick everything from scratch. Right. But inevitably, your church is doing things that it are not going to align with the new vision, right? And that's gonna that's gonna hurt to make those cuts, like you said, Jeff. That's why you're going to lose some people when you start to implement vision. Um, but, but the hope and the goal and the purpose is that you reach more people. What I'm wondering about, though, let's say that we know we want to enter into a season of maybe developing a mission statement, but we're really not talking so much about mission statements in this episode. But let's say that, you know, you want to move into a, a season of developing a vision statement. Part of that party, uh, part of that plan to do so might involve reeducating your congregation about why are we doing this? Why are we right. developing a vision statement? And to kind of prime them for the, the likelihood that there might be some things that we have to let go because now it no longer fits. It fit at one time, right. but it doesn't fit now. And so we prepare the congregation uh, why, uh, how we need to respond as a church to a new vision statement. We reassure them that probably some of the things on our vision statement won't need to be changed at all, but some of them might be, and so we prepare them. So because you're right, Johnny, um, it, I can tell you right now, there's going to be change. If you start developing a right. vision statement and then you also want to program around the vision statement, there's going to be some things that we're going to have to let go. And yeah. that is what gets scary. Yeah. So some of our churches are like Sunday drivers. They get in the car. They don't really have anywhere to go. They just want to go. They want to drive. They want to see the sights. They want to enjoy each other's company. Right. You know, they just want to get out and be in, see the sunshine, look at the fields, and then they end up back at home sooner or later. But I think most of you pastors who are listening, you'd rather have a destination. So you get in the car, you know where you're going. I, Johnny, there's probably hasn't been a time in the last year where you've gotten in your car, started it up. It didn't actually have a destination in mind. No. Where you were going to take yourself, your wife, your family. Right. I mean, no. you're going somewhere, and you got to go a certain way, and you got to follow directions. And, you know, our churches need to be going somewhere. Like, where are we going? Are we just, ironically, Sunday drivers, right? Yeah. So on yeah. Sundays we go, and we don't, we're not really going anywhere as a church. We're just going out for a ride. Or do we actually want to get somewhere? Right. And, and that's the key is figuring out where do we want to go. 
Some of our uh, listeners uh, may know of John Wimber. John Wimber uh, gave birth to the Vineyard Movement, a small uh, denomination uh, that uh, I, I, I'm sure a lot of uh, people have heard of. And um, John was um, a member at Fuller Theological Seminary, their church growth department, before he became a pastor. And uh, for 15 years, I was in the Vineyard Movement, and so I'd been to a number of pastors' conferences. And uh, John always had this saying that he would ask the pastors. He would say, what are you in business for, and how's business? Huh. That simple statement, what are you in business for, and how's business? I don't know how anybody can answer those two questions without a mission statement, or more specifically, without a vision statement. How do we judge how business is? What is the criteria you know, that we use for saying business is good because of this, this, and this? I think a vision statement helps us have a criteria to use to determine how are we doing and if we're not doing good in a certain area, that's okay. It's helpful to be able to see that and recognize that. And instead of just kind of continuing on doing the same thing over and over and over again, but hoping for different results, we say, you know, we're not doing so good on point number three, or we're not doing so good on point number seven. And then we adjust so that we keep ourselves on track and we have some way of determining how are we doing as a church. And Johnny, just before I toss it to you to land this plane, Dave, I want to challenge our listeners, how are you doing as a pastor? I want to remind you that Dave Jacobs is the small church pastor coach, and he can coach you, he can coach your board, and he can come alongside of you and take you to the next level as a pastor. And while Dave is here with us today and has been with us for years on the podcast, we want to keep reminding pastors that you can find him at smallchurchpastor.com. You can email him at dave at smallchurchpastor.com. Dave's cost has not changed in over six years. He charges way too little, but he's accessible to you as a small church pastor. Now, he coaches pastors of many different sized churches and, again, works with boards, helps them to clarify some of the very things we've talked about today. So go to smallchurchpastor.com, visit him at davejacobs.net if you want to read some of his blog posts, or go to Facebook and join on, ask to join the Small Church Pastor Group, which has several thousand pastors that are involved there. Uh, just a great group, a great supportive group for lead pastors. Smallchurchpastor.com. Email Dave at Dave at smallchurchpastor.com. Johnny, what did you think of Dave's input today? And why don't you go ahead and land the plane? I like it, Dave. Thank you for keeping us on track and uh, and helping us through some murky waters. Waters that I think get murky for small church pastors sometimes as they think about mission and and motives and opportunities and visions and all those things. So uh, we appreciate your time, and we appreciate you, our loyal listeners, and we know that you love Dave as well. And we will see you next week on the 200 Churches Podcast. My name is Angela, and I want to thank you for listening to this episode. If you haven't already, you should subscribe to our weekly email at 200churches.com and to the podcast on iTunes or your favorite podcast app. You know it. We'll be back next week with another amazing and encouraging episode just for you. Until then, may God bless you as you lead and love His church. 
Dave, you said that different things mean different things. Different so things maybe mean different things. You could define the different things, and then after that, the different <laughs> things. Good outtake fodder right there. Why do we have to get him off his notes? <laughs> I know you think I'd be more together. The man be staring at these these notes here the because I, I was trying to make this connection between uh, talking about the difference between a, a mission statement right. and a vision and I statement. I knew what you meant. Yeah, I didn't in my the brain. Different things I, mean, I, I was different thinking things. I was looking at entirely different notes here going, oh my gosh, we're talking about something that's not in front of me here. So, uh, Okay, take two. Cut. Just got to fix your mic. Really? Alright, I remember the question, so I'm going to answer it. Yeah, what do you think of when you think about it? You remember you the question? Mission or vision? Uh, we, mission uh, statement. Mission statement. 